If you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. Hello everyone, welcome to Mindshock True Crime. This is another edition of the Maura Murray series. This is your host, Bruce McGuire, and I am here with the one and only <laughs> and we have two new guests today we have sid Irwin, hello and johnny mills what's up guys you guys want to introduce yourselves i'm sid Irwin. i am a medical technician i'll be working with the new cutting edge technology in the medical field and i'm excited to be here today don't be so modest why what's the real reason you're here <laughs> I'm going to use my uh, extremely high IQ to help solve this. Uh... Are you saying you're a member of a very of a very esteemed uh, intellectual organization? Apparently, my modesty can uh, not stay intact. So yes, I'm a Mensa member. Oh, okay. We got a Mensa member joining us today to help interpret all of this information on Maura Murray. Johnny, I'm Johnny Mills. I'm a tech expert in the uh, internet industry. And I think I could uh, provide some helpful information to solve this case. So these two are highly scientific and mathically minded individuals to help balance our episode today because the episode today is on psychics. <laughs> the psychic episode, yes, it's been on the agenda for a while. And for all the groaners who don't believe in psychics in any way, shape or form, we have a Mensa member and a technical computer specialist to help decipher these psychic messages and see if there's any veracity to the claims of these psychics. <laughs> and just to state, uh, we pride ourselves on the podcast as being critical, logical, and rational thinkers, so a true scientific position is always skepticism. However, not to fall into any fallacy traps, saying all psychics are frauds and charlatans might be equally as dumb as saying all psychics are real and legit. So, real quick though, you guys are familiar with the case a little bit, the Maura Murray case. Max will fill you in, he's the expert. He knows every single character in this case, especially Cecil Smith. That's impressive. Uh, yes, yeah, so we do have uh, some uh, background information on the case. So what are your initial impressions, thoughts, uh, can you rank the plausibility of some of the theories, like uh, suicide or tandem driver theory where she escaped a candidate to start a new life, or police conspiracy where they killed her either intentionally or unintentionally and there was a whole cover-up, or it was just an opportunistic serial killer happened to pick her up either from the area or from somewhere else, or she never left UMass and something happened at UMass and it wasn't her up there. There's a lot of theories on the thing. Indeed. It seems to be quite a bit. Personally, at the very least, I don't believe it's a suicide. I mean, if they had on the search not the police with uh, dogs and all the cops. I mean, if we're like, seeking helicopter, if anything like that, well, mind you, she's dead. I don't think a heat seeking helicopter would help in that field. But uh, still, uh, her body is supposedly just lying in the ditch. I can't imagine it being that hard to find. If you have what hundreds, hundred volunteers, they said a couple hundred throughout the years have searched the year. in total. Yeah. And the cops and the dogs and everything else like that. Assuming that the dogs had her uh, actual scent, but still, yeah, just uh, even even that's disputable. Like everything in the case, like we were talking earlier, actually, the gloves they did the search with might not have been Morris because she didn't like to wear 
leather gloves. There were actually two pairs of leather gloves found. One of them happened to be of the law enforcement military variety, the same style gloves that police officers wear. So obviously it was cold that night. That Some people think that might be Cecil Smith's gloves. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that Cecil Smith left his gloves in her car, even though supposedly the car was locked and they never went in the car the night of. But there was another witness who actually drove by and saw the cops there with the doors open. So anyway, they could have done the search on the wrong pair of gloves that might have not even belonged to Maura. And Cecil Smith actually drove to Butch Atwood's house, which was the first, the main witness and the last person possibly to see her alive. And right in front of his house is where the dogs lost the scent. So it could have not even been Mora that they were tracking. And of course, it's not even for sure that Mora was even up there. <laughs> I stated earlier. But yeah, somewhat for me, at least uh, suicidally, at least I'll put it this way, that theory is uh, very low ranked on my bar. Um, what's at the top? At the top, for me, it clearly she disappeared, obviously, but uh, otherwise, I think we did. She uh, probably ran away with someone or tried to, uh, I guess, throw down her sorts. Or uh, she could have been taken and killed in the bottom. And the car might have been dumped there. Or um, it definitely looks like a stage scene of some kind. There's something wrong with the accident scene. Everything from the hit a tree when it didn't hit a tree and all that stuff. Or even the um, supposed theory that there is a... Uh, Communal sources. It's a combined effort of the community to hide this. A communal slaying. Wow, we're going back to that. <laughs> we mentioned that in the first podcast, actually. Yes, it would appear on the surface if uh, if all of these witnesses are lying in cahoots with the police, and there's been a consorted effort to keep everything under wraps. I, I actually that was one of my main theories when I first started looking into the case, because what would explain all of this? However. The reason I think it might not be that is because of all the shadiness and weirdness in UMass. Like, her friends aren't talking, like, what does it have to do with everything that happened in UMass? There's a huge problem reconciling, and we've spent numerous podcasts talking about this, what theory would account for both angles? Because in a normal missing person case, if they go missing in their hometown, whatever, you have one area to work with. Right. And... Or if there are two areas, somebody goes missing on vacation, whatever, usually there's not all of this complete insanity and shadiness surrounding where they live. Like, it's a little bit more straightforward. That's what makes this case such a mystery, because it's almost like two mysteries that you have to solve. What if it's, uh, interesting is this, if, say, uh, that theory where she's trying to disappear, I mean, that might explain you mess with one of also since she apparently had a vacation there when she was younger, right? So yes. you might know some people want the community also helped her to try to disappear in that fashion. The Underground Railroad Theory, yes, I have heard that proposed as well for, uh, for whatever, battered women who don't want to be public with their disappearance. Right. That, uh, their state, yeah. And I think there was evidence that one or two organizations like that actually, or actually do uh, function. So, so yeah, okay, what about you, Johnny? What do you think? As a computer tech analyst and uh, engineer, what, uh, looking at all these details and dissecting them from, from that kind of a standpoint, what do you got? No, um, I think maybe she just ran away with somebody. I, don't know. I just didn't want, want to know why she was going up there. I think you were saying something like uh, she used to go down there or up there 
one of the younger than the parking lot. Yeah, not even that much younger. They were there a couple months ago, I think, in that area. Multiple times throughout the past year. Unless you might know somebody up there. Yeah. Try to meet up with somebody. Yeah. But the only problem. The problem. The reason there's so many problems here is because her cell phone does not reflect that. So unless she has a second cell phone, a burner cell phone. And there was no, she, there was nobody with her in the ground room during the ground. Actually, there's some evidence to suggest that there was. Like the passenger or the back window was cracked. So there was a smoker. And the initial witnesses, the Westmans, they actually said there was a man smoking a cigarette. The Butch Atwood police transcripts were just released, and he actually said that he, he mentioned a he in the transcript. He also mentioned a she in Mora. So there's some evidence to suggest that there was somebody in the car with her. that there was someone she, uh, had planned to run away with, or someone who uh, assisted her. There, we talk about potential that they might have uh, not used cell phones, but rather walking off to communicate with each other. I've heard that. I've heard that. That would only work in that immediate area, but yes, but how did she make the initial plan to go up there? I mean, she just visited a few months earlier. She could have done initial planning then. Oh, the long term scenario. We hadn't really, we haven't talked about that, Maxwell, have we? About, I haven't uh, thought. I haven't thought about that. If there was a a plan, oh, that's interesting. Here's the thing, though. The night before, her phone records do show her calling Stowe, Vermont, and uh, and a few other places looking for accommodations. So it looks like she was frantically trying to find a place the day before, but she couldn't because there were no plans made, and everything was booked up because it's kind of like a busy season. That's like Valentine's Day week. But the what I had thought of if there if 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 something happened at Amherst, what's to stop whoever did something to her from using her phone to make the calls and kind of stage it to look like she's looking for accommodations? <laughs> I mean, she's in a college, right? They have computers with internet. Did they yes. search like an email? They did. They did social media. Like yeah, she had she had uh she printed out directions. I'm not sure if she did this immediately, but she had directions printed out to the area. But I mean, communication wise, with somebody else possibly. Maybe so the, there's yeah that that's actually one of the psychics theories. And we'll get that we'll get into. <laughs> You're a psychic, Johnny. I didn't know Johnny was a psychic. How many psychics work on that? A couple psychics, but uh, so let's let's get into this. So, oh well, Johnny. So that's your your main theory. You think she was going to meet up with someone? Uh, that's what I. That's what. I but what ultimately happened? You think she was killed? I think. Well, if it's a guy, I don't know. Maybe her current boyfriend was like weird, right? Yeah. Like, like you say, or nobody knows. Although he's he's got charges against him right now, and he lost his jobs for alleged abuse. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know if you know this, uh, Sid, but he he bragged to an ex-girlfriend that he was going to kill her like he killed Mara. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. But, again, he made a crazy amount of phone calls in the days leading up to her disappearance, so he knew something was wrong. Uh, Mara also called him uh, the Sunday morning before, really early in the morning, and talked to him using her father's phone. The other weird thing, on top of a million, there's no evidence she got her phone back from there was a dorm party where her best her friends slash acquaintances at the party supposedly don't remember everybody who was at the party, even though the dorm room's like the size of a closet. And one of them actually said she was sleeping the whole time. 
But somehow it seemed to recall Mora talking about going to her dad's motel room. Yes, so there's a lot of lot of problems here. Yeah, Billy said he was going to kill her, but Billy was not there. He was he was uh, at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. He's in the military. Right. So he was not in Haverhill that night that she went missing. So, but he came to investigate. So if she didn't die that night, he could have met up with her later because during the oncoming search week. So he couldn't, it's not off the table. I mean, you know, you can't say 100% certainty he didn't kill her. But if she was killed that night, it wasn't him. So yeah, he's got a lot of issues. Yeah, maybe the boyfriend uh, was going out to go find the other guy. (laughs) But what happened to her? And what happened to the other guy? Maybe the other guy did something to her. And then the uh, boyfriend tried to go find the other guy because he knew something. That's an interesting theory. We had to discuss that, Maxwell. What are your thoughts on the new boyfriend or the new guy killed her, Billy killed the guy, <laughs> and never said anything about it because he doesn't want to be implicated? How do you like that for a new theory? Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so, the, 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 first, the first thing skeptics parrot is name a single murder or missing persons case solved by a psychic. Well, I'm going to give you 15 right off the bat here. But before we get into that, I just wanted to mention the CIA psychic program. The CIA psychic program went on for 20 years under 10 different code names, employing 227 psychics for over 26,000 telepathic operations. Were they on LSD? Possibly, I don't know. So obviously that's a great use of funds for something that's not real, or at least doesn't have a chance of being real, but it's interesting stuff. And by the way, you can look up these stats on CIA.gov. You don't have to trust uh, weird old GeoCities blog or random people making these claims. <laughs> so, GeoCities. <laughs> Maxwell, you believe in psychics, right? Uh, um, it's intriguing. Um, I don't know. Part of me doesn't. Part of me is intriguing. Split personality, Maxwell. Okay. <laughs> Sid, what is your what is your Mensa IQ tell you about the truthfulness of psychic abilities? Um, well, you have to put it that way. I like to uh, believe that there are such possibilities can exist. Johnny Mills? I think it's definitely possible, but there's a lot of BS ones that are just trying to make a bunch of money. Yes, indeed. Anyway, here are murders and disappearances solved by psychics. Nell Cropsby, 1901. Edith Kaisorius, 1961. Patricia List, 1971. Penny Sarah, 1973. John DeMars, 1974. Susan Jacobson, 1976. Teresita Baza, 1977. Melanie Uribe, 1980. The Lake Waco Murders, 1982. Jacqueline Poole, 1983. Arthur Herbert, 1984. Paula Brown, 1996. Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman, 2002. Maria Scott, 2003. Sylvester Tone, 2005. So how many seconds were used to solve those? Just 15 different ones? Uh, in most of the cases, it was one psychic that provided information that was integral to leading to the resolution of the case, either finding the body or finding the murderer or giving them a way to get evidence that they didn't have otherwise. Uh, sometimes there were multiple psychics working the case, but in, in I think maybe in one of the cases they used multiple, one or two cases they might have used multiple psychics, but most of them it was one psychic. And the police, the detectives in those cases, the police went on record as saying if it wasn't for the psychic, not in every single case, but in some of the cases they went on record as saying 
if it wasn't for the psychic, they would they would not have solved the case because there was no way for them to get that information. I think a lot of them get arrested. Who, the psychics? Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> well, it's funny because in, in one of those cases, uh, and we'll be doing a podcast on those cases specifically, but uh, and you can listen to that one. But in one of the cases, I think the psychic was like 400 miles away, had never been in the area. So there was no way, like they were as uninvolved as possible, and they went in some kind of weird remote viewing state where they were able to give like colors, clothing, and numbers, like address, whatever, like just crazy stuff. Like maybe not the name of the street, but the the house number, like stuff like that. But I wanted to like like why are these detectives oh, uh, just just arrested. I'm sure that's happened. Cause there are also fake detect fake psychics that actually knew the murderer, so they came up with details and pretended they were psychic. Haven't seen it. Oh, well, uh, in fake being a psychic, you just happen to be really good at observing details. So, yeah. But, uh, alright. Okay, so obviously, obviously there are many, many more, and if there were zero legit psychics and zero legit cases solved by psychics, police wouldn't actively seek psychics, nor would they readily accept and investigate psychic claims. Obviously not all departments do, but also obviously the ones that have had psychics solve cases before would be more likely to listen again. And the final word on psychics is that both the ready believers who believe in all psychics and all paranormal and supernatural subjects religiously, and then the self-proclaimed scientific rational thinkers all suffer from the same problem. They believe based on faith. The second group, the hardcore skeptics, simply view guys in lab coats who do experiments for a living as their lord and masters and unequivocally believe in what they say. That's not real science, that's religion, and it's been called scientism. All great science breakthroughs were accomplished in spite of the collective groupthink, sheep lemming mentality of peer review and all that institutionalist supporting propaganda. The real scientific position is neutrality, abstaining from even having an opinion on a subject. Gullibility isn't logical, and condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance. People are emotionally invested in their worldview, and cognitive dissonance precludes them from honestly investigating and considering truths contrary to their worldview, and that's also where confirmation bias plays a great role. Illogical skeptics see a psychic fraud exposed and declare, see, all psychics are frauds. These arguments from ignorance or attacking the evidence fallacies with absolute judgments obviously are not based in reality, so most people just can't handle their worldview being drastically different from all their time and effort investing in believing it, they might have a mental breakdown. Right, Maxwell? You having a break mental breakdown yet? <laughs> that be breakdown. What? A mental breakdown. You ever go on a rampage and start drop kicking people in Mensa? It's been a while since I've done that being said, let's get into psychics. And I also want to say, it's possible some shrewd psychics might somehow get insider knowledge and pretend it's their psychic ability. If the insider knowledge is true, then it would not be good to ignore the psychics as they might help the case get solved anyway. So to completely write them off would not be in interest of solving the case, even if they're not psychic. Because any information can be helpful. Should be investigated, at the very least. Exactly. Condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance. Indeed. That should be, I mean, that should be the Mensa model, uh, motto, right? Uh -huh. Well, obviously this didn't work out because more murder there's no... Anyway, go. What do you mean it didn't work out? How do you know the information they didn't give isn't true? I didn't even tell you the oh, information. Oh, uh, <laughs> right? 
some of the cases I had uh, I had named, they weren't soft. Like the the psychic gave the info. Oh. Like they either named the killer or or the location or whatever, or or they named the killer, but they didn't have inf- They didn't have the DNA evidence. It might ten twenty years ago when DNA evidence got better, they got the DNA evidence. And then sometimes they would get the confession, and uh, the murderer would say he did exactly what the psychic had said, what the psychic claimed. Yeah, and and sometimes like the smart police detectives, they never publicly divulged what the psychic said. So only after the murderer confessed with all the details did it become known that that's what the psychic had said. So. With Mora again, and I'm not saying these psychics are legit or not. We're going to explore that in this episode. But uh, what if what they said is true? It might you don't know because when if the, when hopefully when not if the Mora case is solved, we'll see if what the psychic said is true. The other thing is even if the psychics are complete frauds, if they're smart, they might just have an out of the box idea that might be true, or might that might spark. A police detective saying, "Oh, I didn't think about it from that angle. Let's do this." And then they solved the case, even though it wasn't really the psychic that did it right. with any kind of psychic powers, but it still led to the case being moved forward. So, just real quick, uh, we're talking about psychic solving murders or you know things that happen. Have podcasts solve these sort of things? Uh, I think there was one, yeah. <laughs> right before uh, James Renner. I think James Renner mentioned it or something. They call it armchair detectives. Actually, I can't remember the name of the case, but there was, it was kind of recent, like a year or two ago or something. Yeah, the mind checkers can help us Wait, solve some cases. Kind of solve, just, just solving just from like doing a process, talking about it, really thinking about it, yeah. and then meeting the... Or like they looked at, so like a lot of times there's available information that nobody, or they think it's not related, right. even though it's public. Yeah, yeah. So they look at it and they're like, oh, maybe this is integral. Maybe it's this, then this. This should be investigated, and then the police went and checked, and it was or something. So, two apparently, two two school teachers solved one of the zodiac ciphers. Oh wow! Two school teachers. Yeah, it didn't help them solve the case, but they solved the actual the uh, the cipher. One of them. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that was pretty famous. Wow, that's funny. During World War II and the Cold War, intelligence agencies recruited crossword puzzle writers and enthusiasts, Scrabble champions and other puzzle enthusiasts because pattern recognition uh, helps solve stuff. That's pretty interesting. Oh, actually, and of course, uh, well, uh, I was looking for uh, podcasts or internet. Uh, so this was in Rolling Stone magazine last year, March 17th, 2017. I think that's Johnny's favorite magazine. Two arrests have been made in a 12-year-old murder. Tara Brinsman. So despite search parties, tip lines, private investigators, a website, and a $100,000 reward, nothing surfaced. And in 2010, Grinstead was declared legally dead. So this was a cold case. And then Lindsay started... Uh, oh, well, he had a link to it. He said his grandma's best friend was one of the last people to see Tara the night she disappeared. But he, he posted on websleuths.com on their forum 
and he said a PI gave him his resources, and so that was all investigated. So, yes, I guess that was a podcast. The guy interested in the podcast. So, back to the psychics of this. So, Lori Bruno is one of the most famous psychics involved in this case. I think, Maxwell, you just sent me something about her the other day. Yeah, Lori Bruno. So you, you listened to her uh, press conference with uh, Tim and Lance, the other the, the other Maura Murray podcast guys. <laughs> There's a couple different Maura Murray podcasts. Okay, interesting. Ours is, of course, the best. Because <laughs> we get into the details that nobody else gets into. We go deep on mine shot. Every rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure any enthusiasts and people who are trying to solve or grab a deeper understanding of this will appreciate it. So, Lori, her main thing is after multiple sessions with this case, she her ultimate pronouncement is that Mora met someone new online and was going to meet them. Looks like Johnny's a psychic. E-harmony, baby. <laughs> She also said a big ass truck has something to do with it. <laughs> I love her phrasing. She said that. Yeah. That's what the psychic said. Yeah. <laughs> this is really interesting. Was it red? Okay, so I think she said brown initially. You can listen to to one of the first ones, brown or red. I, I don't remember exactly, so it's brown or red. But it's also at night, so I don't know. Whatever. Oh, She's getting vision of a truck. We, we talked about the red truck. But, yeah, we did a whole podcast on the red truck. Apparently, there was a red truck. There were several red trucks that night. And more is one of her sister, Kathleen, her boyfriend at the time, who had like alcohol problems and whatever, he had a red truck as well. And Maura had a breakdown on the phone, supposedly talking to her sister, although the timing of the phone call, it could have been after talking to Billy, her boyfriend. So, but her sister was one of the last people to talk to her on the phone. She said she couldn't really remember what they talked about. But if she, her sister was all, also had alcohol problems. So if she was having some issues, she could have possibly been going up there to meet them but they're from massachusetts so there was a witness at a store at a stage shop it's like not far from that intersection and there was a red truck parked there looking for people one of the witnesses said that they looked at her as if they were looking for someone else and they drove off and they had massachusetts license plates there was also a car a truck that was parked on the road not far from the accident site and someone witnessed a guy outside of the vehicle, like in the woods. As if. So, again, theoretically, you could say if, if she hitchhiked out of the area, because if she's got alcohol in the car, and this is actually her second accident in a couple days. All right. And one of the mysterious things is she was just let go after the first accident. And then there's also a mysterious police cadet. This story is never ending. But in, the, in that accident, she, she's got alcohol. And so, so if she hitchhiked out of the area because she didn't want to get in trouble, and she's on probation for credit card fraud, that which is again alleged because again it's 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 everything's alleged. So she doesn't want to get in trouble. She could have wanted to ride somebody if it was a red truck guy, and then the guy seems shady. She might be like, "Well, stop the truck. Hold on a second. I'm gonna throw up," and then she just runs away. Then he's in the woods looking for her. So that could be what the witness saw. We don't know. And then they were stopping red trucks all night. Even though the official police statement is this is just a walkaway DUI, they'll come back to the car. But they're basically treating it like a criminal investigation, and they're actually stopping red trucks all night. I don't know how many were stopped. There's probably only a couple, like five, but whatever. They were stopping them all night on the next day. But why big-ass truck? That's just how she said it. So, like, 
maybe somebody was in the car with her right before they crash. And then the guy or whoever she was with was like, watch out for that big ass truck. Maybe. And then they swerved out of the car. That's an interesting. Well, well, for every, like, a oh, that's very That's very interesting. Or, or the psychic interpreted whatever she was seeing or hearing. And I didn't even think about it. She saw a big ass. And a truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Johnny's interpretation because if she's if she's just if she's just saying what she's seeing in her head without even maybe not even fully understanding it, if they're just weird and visuals and audios and she's interpreting them the way without even knowing without even really knowing it. Yeah. But that's interesting because she's the, the Oh man, we need Rook here for this conversation. But anyway, uh, the accident reconstruction. There were several accident reconstructions done of the scene, and one of them is that Morris Saturn, the car she was driving, it could have been being towed by a truck, and if the hitch came loose or whatever, it would have hit the truck. Or the other theory is she swerved to not hit a truck, so that would fit if that were true. Wait, so there was, was that the only person? No, she... By the way, by the way, I assume that it was female, I don't know, because I guess most... It's like, so female, but is she female? Lori Bruner? Oh, Lori Bruner. Bruner was a female. Hey, Lori could be... Okay, I think. Sometimes, I don't know. I've heard of you, Lori. That's the last thing. Do you know another member? We can ask Google. Uh, she said that... Okay, she she met someone new online, was going to meet them, but that they aren't the ones that harmed her. Someone local picked her up and killed her. That's what Lori Bruno said. She also said she got the name Ben. And other other psychics have also said Ben. We'll get into that. Other psychics have said Ben. Yeah. And from everything. They just listen to their podcast. They're like, I think it's Ben. Have they interacted with each other? Supposedly no. I thought it was only two psychics. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over four psychics. No, only two. I think only two said Ben. Enough. Two said Ben. There were four total. There might have been more psychics, but this other guy who's interesting. Well, before we get done with uh, with Lori Bruno, so she supposedly she does accurate readings and all that stuff. Now again, we've mentioned the char the charlatans. I think you know ninety percent, ninety to ninety nine percent of psychics are are either frauds or. They think they're psychic, but they're not. Still <laughs> fraud. Well, a fraud fraud means uh, intent. I know. So if they believe it, but still, just if little... they've tricked themselves into thinking that they're psychic, they can believe it. There's no school for psychics. I'm saying they can believe it, and that's good for them to believe it. Well, the the other thing I, I didn't mention before that I wanted to go over real quick. There's a couple famous psychics who have solved cases, and their accuracy is between 40 and 60%. So if we average out 50%, they're like anything else. You could be wrong about stuff. That doesn't mean you're not really psychic. That means you misinterpreted it, or you got some kind of mixed signal from something else, and you thought it was related, but it wasn't. And but what's funny is that the current homicide clearance rate for police departments is between 15 and 30%. <laughs> yeah. So... If psychics, even if they're frauds and not really psychics, if they're solving 50% of cases and police are solving 15 to 30% of cases, you're better off going with the psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Those odds. Yeah. Which is just, it's just a funny thing to mention. 
But um, yeah. So, well, what do you guys think of Lori Bruno? You you sent you sent a video on her. I did. Yeah. Oh, that was me. I forgot. I forgot to watch the video. <laughs> That's not very Mensa minded, Maxwell. Mensa minded, Maxwell. Oh, you got any kind of psychic? Do you have any kind of psychic? <laughs> Looks like oh, <laughs> you got any psychic? Johnny's a psychic. He's predicting stuff. Do you got? You get any hits from Lori? Is she legit? Is she legit? Oh, she's definitely psychic. She's got the Italian. She's got the dress. And a black dress and a big hair. I'm gonna play a clip real quick. Wait, is she doing a reading right now? Yeah. Is this the mom or Yeah. Because I'm getting like a funny feeling inside about her. That she's still there, but it's like dead, but still there. And that big ass truck has something to do with it. Who is Kathy to her? Her sister. It loves her. She's got two sisters, Kathleen and Julie, and Julie worked for a CIA contractor, by the way. Wait, what did you say? I didn't know. Okay, so what do you think of Lori Bruno? Personally, for me, I mean, Johnny's already you know, coming up with theories, and she's apparently... Like, Use your Mensa IQ to interpret this, the psychic's actions. Is what we should interpret her actions. Is she lying? Based on what I've seen? Yes. Can't honestly tell whether or not she's lying. I mean, if I had evidence to prove what happened tomorrow to contradict it, then I could say she's lying. Or if I had evidence of what she's saying about Lori, about sorry, about Lori uh, is true, then I could say that she's right. But as of right now, I mean, she's still just uh, another viable source. That with her information that she's given would have to be investigated. She was working officially with the case, or she just like a random, like, just passing by stuff? I filmed that video. The podcast, the Tim and Lance, who did the Missing Laura Murray podcast, okay. they filmed that for their documentary on Laura Murray. That's out? Not yet. And I think she is working with the family. Uh, family, uh, Fred Murray, the father, he he did say he would work with psychics, and he is working with one of the, or at least worked with another psychic in the past. Has she devolved any, um, Information in your readings that uh, may not be news publicly. They didn't say. And just to say with the uh, the because what she's saying is that she would have got she met someone right online and she was going to meet them, but then that picked up by somebody else, right? And then killed. Yes, somebody local. If that's case, then that at least might move with certain fear. I was thinking of because I know you said before that. She had, um, had looked up on the internet various uh, accommodations. Yes, but um, if I'm thinking that she, it's like I think that she might try to run away with somebody. If that might be the case, and I'm thinking she might have had some previous planning, even if it looks like she meant, like her rushing it may have only looked that way, she could have easily pulled up. Well, I, I've also thought to reconcile the theory if it was a long-term plan, because that is Valentine's Day week. Uh, if well, that's a long-term plan, she might have even had plans with Billy. Totally. But here's the thing: whoever used your phone to make and her and her internet to search and make the calls, who said that's her? The person she called about a condo. Her name is Linda Salamone, and the police did not contact her until like eight months after, and she could not recall speaking to her because she speaks to like a million people every single day. And this is eight months after. 
So she had she didn't even remember the phone call at all. So she's not able to even verify that was a female that called her. I can agree with that. I'm just saying possibility that if it was her, those all that searches could have been simple scouting shot to hide where she might really be going. Ah. Okay, so where do you put her? So she, she also went to West Point. Uh, Mara went to West Point, so she's obviously really smart, and she was in the nursing program, uh, two jobs. She worked in an art gallery as well. So she's got a lot going on. She's 21. Now, again, she's not a usual college student, so I think a usual college student probably wouldn't come up with that kind of plan. But given that it's her, I guess it's a possibility. I just, just want to throw it out. She was a good runner, yeah, she was actually a record-holding runner in high school, and then she stopped, the, supposedly because of a knee injury. That was the reason given, but she she had an affair with her assistant track coach the previous spring and summer, and then she hadn't returned to track. So she may not have had a knee injury. She just might not have wanted to see him, but he was only a couple years older than her. He was like an assistant track coach. He had some interesting comments to say on, the, on, on her. He said that she had talked about running a lap. And I think he works for the Department of Defense now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this whole case, like, Alden Olsen, which is this weird guy who's, like, really smart. He has all these crazy theories about the, some kind of government conspiracy to harvest her eggs. That's what he came up with. And some some kind of nutritional supplement cover-ups. But the weird thing is he did a lot of homework. Like, he found one of those companies in an office right across the street from the dorm, so they would have seen her. They could, and then he also found that some kind of paper trail to a doctor that was actually involved in black market organ harvesting at UMass. Like, he did some homework. This isn't just shooting in the... Like, like you think it's completely insane and stupid, and then and then you look at how much homework he did and how many dots he connect, connected. It's insane. It's insane. Um... Yeah. So, Lori Bruno, final thoughts? I guess I, I'd like to know more about it. That's the thing that struck me. She won't, like, it's like that's all she gives. Like, I mean, it's like she I doesn't not necessarily on the Laura Murray case, but they want to other cases. Well, like, I think... What's, what's her track record? Has she solved cases that should be, like, I don't know. Significant I don't know if she saw this. And why, why she's a pretty famous she psychic, though. Pretty good because at readings. Yeah, yeah. So, but, well, she has a reputation for giving very accurate readings. So. Like, they were impressed with her readings because, so, like, when they went to her, they were saying, like, she said stuff that she could. Oh, that big-ass Trump reading uh, is kind of, like... It's weird, but I like Johnny's take on it. Because I thought, I didn't even think how weird it was until he mentioned it. And I'm like, yeah. never say yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. But, like, what were the other things that she was She says, like, if you were, if you were driving, and then maybe if she in the video, In the video, or? I guess in the video, altogether. She, she said she went up there to meet somebody that she had met online. For some reason, she said online. And then uh, someone at local, but it's, that's not the person who, who calmed her. It was and someone who was Ben. In some other things, she's just like, I'm, get, she's just like, I'm getting Ben. Ben, is there a Ben in the case? And they were like, no, there's no Ben. But another <laughs> psychic. She's like, yes, it is. Well, it's not like she said Ben, yeah, Steve, yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. It was just like one or two. Wait, yes. well, so what was he thinking? Of? Well, I'm saying, so if there was another person, you wouldn't just like, if you're driving yourself, say, oh, look, a big ass truck. Oh, yeah, the verbalization of like a. I didn't even think of that. So that would lead more to the passenger theory. She was with yeah, somebody. Or some, yeah, somebody's with her. She could have said it if somebody else was driving. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's with her and there was a truck involved. Yeah. So, so far, so good. So far, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, let's move on to, well, okay, the thought I wanted to get is her as a psychic in general. 
like I'm think like I'm I'm on the fence with her. She did not completely convince me. But on the other hand, I'm not gonna write her off either. I think if she's a psychic who's not really psychic, I think she probably believes she's psychic. So that's where I'm at with her. So I'm not gonna put her into the charlatan category. What'd you guys think? In general impression? I don't know. I mean, all it's all it was a big ass truck and no general impression of her as a person. Uh, well, I, just, I, I think she would be like I think what you said. Like she believes she's a psychic. She dresses like a psychic. She wears just medallions. Has her pink hair, and you know she drives in a van probably with a. Well, so here's another psychic. This is a schizophrenic psychic dreamer. His name like is that. Ryan Ladd. Oh, he's also mentioned that. But Ryan Ladd. <laughs> he's here's his main thing uh he he actually put out really crazy details that uh, have not been put out before by other sites like specifics specifics they're kind of creepy so i'm actually going to show you pictures so apparently he has dreams and he kind of scrolls his dreams so here's a picture of a guy that he said is involved oh wow police as good as my drawings police uniform and a guy that was in the military. So Wait, that's the writing around? Um, that says Lost River. That's the road that she went missing on, or right next to where she went missing. Uh, well, I mean, was he, uh, was he um, uh, solicited, or was he... Did, For, did, he wrote down Fort Sill. That's Billy. But again, this is a mixed dream, so that's these things don't necessarily... These writings don't necessarily have to do with the guy. But if it does, then but that doesn't really look like Billy. That looks like a police uniform to me. Uh, that says for sale, and it just says U-turn and run. U-turn, so the car was kind of U-turn in the street, and then run if she ran away. And then he said he is retired now. So Cecil Smith was the first responder, yeah. uh, the police, the police officer. Cecil Smith actually was in the military. He was a military intelligence officer. One quick detail that I thought was funny: it took him supposedly 17 minutes to get to the scene. His father lives like right off that right near there, and he his explanation for that was I got lost. <laughs> this is a military intelligence officer. He's not like an army uh, grunt. This and is an intelligence officer, and his, and he worked in that town for however many years. And he said he got he got lost on the way to the city. This doesn't mean that this guy did this. Wait, right. so not necessarily. Wait, so, so no. this, right. But here's but hold on here here's what he said about it. Actually, yes, he said this is the man responsible for her death. I think he is retired from the police force now. Somehow, Fort Sill has something to do with the man, but I'm not sure. Maybe he was in the army and he washed out. Not sure what the numbers are or most of what's on this. Using the map, what's on the third dream drawing here is where I think her remains have been found, if they haven't already. Ever since the death of my little sister, I have not been motivated to work on cases like this, but everybody needs some kind of closure, so I hope I can help. When was that made? When did you The initial inquiry was made in 2015. That's September 20. What's weird is in the picture, his eyes are like looking to the left, but not straight. I don't know if that means anything, but it is, if he's trying to go by detail, yeah, it's kind of weird that he's looking to the left. I don't know if that means. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. You could, but here's, here's the map. Here's the map, and it's... Here's the map, and it's actually really close to where she went missing. Oh, and go back to Ben. Ben Tun is a town less than two miles from where she crashed. Hmm. It's like one road over southeast. So only kidding that Ben could do Yes. And he actually has coordinates here on this map. 
and Lost River is the road, and it's where she went missing is, uh, I think somewhere around there. Oh. What do you think, Maxwell? Does that look like Cecil? <laughs> oh, I don't know what Cecil looks like. You watch the oh, so Maxwell, I watched the oxygen show with you. <laughs> oh, wait, what's up? Um, wait, this, this thing, he dreamed, did, he dream, did he dream this in like. Wait, did he dream this and. and uh, and came up to the police? Or, no, no, no. He just, he's a schizophrenic who? The psychic? Yeah. No, he, I don't think he has anything to do with the police. He's just, so, he's just a psychic with a website. So he just posted it. Yeah. Because he was requested. He was requested by uh, a, a reader. So here's Cecil. Yo, so he was requested by a reader. Here's Cecil. Well, this is him now. So oh, wow, well, it's exactly like him. <laughs> Actually, it does a little bit. It I'm does, doesn't it? Not that I look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it like Cecil. It does a little bit. They would have put the glasses, though, right? Well, this is him now. I don't know if he had glasses. This is a so current. Cecil, this is Cecil. Cecil. This, this was so 14 Cecil. years ago. There's probably some basement somewhere. Oh, so I think I think um I think more of the psychics would have got a vibe from that. But what do you think? Is it Cecil? Is it? Well, what do the other people look like? Not like that. They that he doesn't look like anybody else. Cecil's the closest guy that he looks to. What I don't like too much is that these people, like these psychics, they know too much about the case. I feel like they could change. Certain things. Well, you can change how they So, so a couple years ago, before, so before the, Lori Bruno supposedly didn't know much about the case at all because that's, it was low key back then. And even this, even this, this is 2015 or earlier. So he, there's no oxygen special. We don't have this picture of Cecil. There are no pictures of Cecil. Yeah. Where is that dude from? Who? The that dream guy. Right. Like, yeah. Selling for like a psychic, like if, uh, if they have a website. And they 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 announce, they announce on there like I never look at media. That would be cool, right? Like if, so you can approach the oh, exactly. Well, uh, we gotta lock them up somewhere. Well, that's why it's interesting because a lot of these cases that I named before from like the seventies. Okay. The people that were, they were like, and they, and they were like 400 miles away. So here's about, about Brian Ladd's psychic dreamer. Psychic Brian Ladd uses his visions, dreams, to accurately predict future events. Uh, his online dream diary contains over 8,000 documented dreams, lucid dreams, and remote viewing cases. To date, over 3,000 predictions have come true with more and more every day. Brian has personally worked hundreds of missing person cases since 2006 with a success rate of around 45%. That's not bad. That's not bad. He said since 2006, he worked on... Brian has personally worked hundreds... Missing. I don't know if it's hundreds or a hundred. Forty-five percent success rate. Brian served twelve active years in the U.S. Army and joined the Army Reserves. He was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder in 2011, and some say this illness may be the reason why so many of his dreams have come true. You can go on his site, and it, he has all the stuff that came true. But his site right now, interesting pop-up at the top. It says, "Guaranteed lottery win offer expires today." <laughs> I guarantee you that you will win any major lottery of your choice, and that I will not give up until. Dude, it's really that simple. Pick any lottery to win, and I will do the rest. 
If he's 45% accurate on that, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. I might have to play. <laughs> Buy now for $200. Oh, shit. Does he make a commission on the on the sale of the ticket? One other one other thing he said is I'm sad to say I do not think Moore Murray is still alive, but there was always hope and my dream my dreams are wrong more than they are right. That's very interesting for him to say, right? How many yeah. psychics would say that? Just so you know how accurate he is. On the website it also says lottery numbers, guaranteed win of at least ten million dollars. It says that? Yeah. Guaranteed one of at least 10 million USD. I'm going to buy now. <laughs> so he said most, most of the dreams, something really bothered me here, and I think several members of the police department have something they might want to get off their chest. Hmm. Did you hear that, Maxwell? Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I think several... Mr. showed me a $499 I think I think several members of the local police department have something they might want to get off their chest. The other thing, got it? No, I'm sorry. Brian Ladd said the, the the police department, the local police department, may have something they want to get off their chest. He said, "You don't know what that means." No, I mean, he said just like he didn't say like, "Oh, behind something," but it's like they want to get something off their chest. You never heard that expression? Why do? But like, what that? Why? 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 Uh, why address it as the police? Police. That's kind of like the big ass truck. Well, it's his dream. He's just writing down whatever he dreamed. The other thing he said, he put out something super specific. He said that a police officer pulled Mora over two months before he took her. Oh, shit. Too vague, man. These dreams need to be more specific. So, okay. (laughs) Wait, that was a dream? That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if you were, you were talking about. So, what was the dream again? Somebody she got taken. No, this is just other little bits and pieces. So, I guess he's done multiple dreams on this. Little bits and pieces. Whoever took her, it was a police officer, and he pulled her over two months before the date that he took her. Oh, whoever. So he already knew her. Okay. So she was pulled over. She, she was in the in the sort of area for the Goshen New Year's Eve party. There was a New Year's Eve party, and she was in, mul- in multiple accidents, right? Yeah. That was a few days ago. That was. Two days ago. In near college, yes. And how far is the college from the place? A couple hours. A couple hours. That's Amherst. Yeah, Brian Ladd. So she was pulled over two months prior. Okay. In where again? And so he doesn't really say that. Two months prior. It would have to be somewhere close because whoever worked there worked. It's not. There was no new police officer that just started that day. So it would have to be someone in that new area. So if it was Goshen. I mean, the Goshen's not that close, but it's southwest of the accident scene. But uh, there probably wouldn't be a record for that if it was just like a minor. That's my question. Depends. I mean, if he gave her, if there's no ticket, there'd be no record, I guess. So yeah, it would have took him for. But that's a really that's a really specific. So if 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 it turns out Cecil or whatever who is responsible, and then they find out that that's true, I mean that would that would validate Brian Ladd pretty damn good, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, again, but that's a that's a um, it's really important whether or not they actually have any like proof or record. Yeah, of it happening. So that's that's several psychics. I mean, there are several psychics that have said that someone in law enforcement is responsible. 
But uh, also, I think uh, Lori Bruno. <laughs> Lori Bruno said something about her being in Franconia, which is close. Franconia notch. Yeah. So yeah. So what do we think about Brian Ladd? Is he a, a good fine lad? Huh. Well, it seems like he's got a following. He's got some pretty cool art, art skills, drawing skills. So again, very interesting, but his specifics are a little bit more than Laurie Bruno's. And he even had the drawing, and it looks like it kind of looks like Cecil, unless there's another subject that we don't know about that looks like. Is that two psychics? Oh, also to note, there was uh, there was someone who lived on that street who was previously arrested for impersonating a police officer. So one of the other theories is that the first person who got to her before Cecil was a police officer or a police officer impersonator. So, and the original vehicle was an SUV, and supposedly the SUV was out of commission that day. So if it was... Oh, also, we uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, Sid. The chief of police, Jeff Williams, he was a notorious drunk who drove around drunk frequently. Oh, like this was known. And apparently, even earlier that afternoon, he wiped out and, and felt, got into a ditch, and supposedly Cecil Smith helped him out, and they might have switched vehicles. So Cecil might have been in the SUV. Wait, how, how, how do you guys know? Like, how do you know that? It was reported on a police scanner, and I think that was admitted to. I think that was on record. There was another accident, a different accident, which was police scanner only. There's no record of Oh, there is a record that a driver left in a private vehicle. It doesn't say it was more of them. So someone fell in the ditch, driver left in a private vehicle. So if they got off the road, then they just got themselves back on the road. Is there a way to access the CV? Transmission or whatever Unless someone recorded it, no. And I don't think anybody recorded Because, like, locals in that area, especially, like, country-type areas, like, uh... Like, uh, like Sid, where are you from, Texas? Uh, yes. Okay, so, like, in a lot of those, uh, you know, mountain areas or country non-city areas, wilderness areas, they... People listen to police scanners all the time. So... So, yeah, so what, what about the 911 calls? Though? What about those? Are really, uh, they just released, released the transcripts, yes. Just, just the, the audio, yeah. Just released it? They just, remember, we went over it on the, the other podcast, Max. What are you doing, sleeping? So, so, they released, they released two that hadn't been released before. The Butch Atwood's mother, she actually worked for police. We just found this out in, in a previous episode. She actually worked for the police. Why are you looking surprised, Max? Well, we talked about this for an hour. I'm getting confused with the characters, man. All right. So, so, some shady characters up there. You tell me the players. I get that. But, uh, all right. So, they didn't release Butch's mom's call, though. And the calls look heavily edited. But not, I mean, part of them are redacted. But it looks like they have huge chunks missing as well, which is illegally removing information from... And actually, I just saw this on the news. Some police officer in Massachusetts was just charged with tampering with transcripts. Oh, wow. So it is, it's definitely a possibility that the transcripts were heavily edited to remove information that is critical to what happened. Either part of a police conspiracy or because they have a suspect and they don't want to release that info. So it would jeopardize the case. So if the police are not responsible, then they're just covering info. Well, my question is, do you think this, do you feel like this might be what Brian Lyon might be talking about? What? Something about uh, the officers want to get something off their chest? Uh, and it's not them responsible. But he also specifically said that this guy's responsible. Uh-huh. So I don't know. So what do you guys think? I think we just have to wait and see what happens. And uh, if he can have some more dreams. All right, so another another psychic, Norwegian psychic detective, Michael Winger. Yeah, 
He, uh, yes. He's never, he has no connection to the, he's never been in the area. So he's going to do a reading. He already did. So, and he's more, I think he, he, he's more of an intuitive. So I don't know exactly. So he, this is a guy who just uses, I mean, he says he's psychic, but that he's a psychic intuitive or whatever. So he's kind of like using intuition to kind of imagine he's the person and what happened and trying to get an accurate picture. He said Mora questioned her path in life wanted to make new big decisions and were afraid these decisions would harm her closest family and friends so she wanted to get away to think about what she wanted to do in life pretty true and this is also before the oxygen shows this is a couple years ago it was a hard time so she drank alcohol and because of that she was she crashed her car driving impaired so now she's afraid she'll get kicked out of school because she's in a nursing program she wants to be a nurse she was underage no she's 21. so she's in shock so she runs away she then follows the road towards water, perhaps a river. See, that's the thing with a lot of these fake psychics. They always say water, something next to water, or a bridge, or like the one on the oxygen show. Because the odds, yeah, there's water everywhere, whether it's a lake, the ocean, a river, like... So most likely, so most likely, I, I wonder if they say in water when it's a desert disappearance. But anyway, <laughs> so she runs. Okay, so she she walks into the woods off the road. It's really cold. She's looking out on the water. So he said it's either a big tree or a bridge, and she sits under there listening. To the the choices, they, they have to give yeah. Well, if they give yeah, but if they give a choice, they're much more likely to be right. Yeah, I know. That's and what I'm saying. so then she falls asleep because he again he interpreted because she had a really crazy schedule between the nursing program and her two jobs and studying and schoolwork. So she she fell asleep. Then she woke up and she's kind of frozen. And then she kind of ends up in the river by the river, whatever. Possibly the river carries her away. So that's his interpretation. So it's kind of like. Possibly, she could have been from the accident, from but we don't know. No flood in the car, nothing like that. Mm, supposedly, no. So Cecil took photos in the car, never been released. So those would be helpful. Those would be helpful. We can't do a Freedom of Information Act request. A bunch of people are doing it. I mean, that's how they got the police transcripts. So. We need pictures. The other thing that's funny is, uh, well, I don't know about funny is the right word to use. So a couple years after this incident, Cecil actually pulled over Jeff Williams driving someone's car. It's not his own. It wasn't his own car, and it wasn't his wife's car. It was some woman who was not his wife's car. And he was driving drunk, and it, he led Cecil on a high-speed chase. Cecil didn't know it was him, though. And then he ended up having to call the state police to arrest him, and then he got fired, and Cecil Smith became the chief of police. Just, whoa, FYI. Weird things happening. So this psychic from Norway, I guess, if he's more of an intuitive, he's kind of given a best guess, best guess scenario, which is not too bad, but he didn't really factor in any of the info from UMass or the police conspiracy or anything. So I don't know. I'm, I'm more on the nay side when it comes to this guy. What do you guys think? I mean, like you said, he tries to put, some, put himself in the situation or think of how it could have went down. I mean, I can and he's being him right now. Yeah, and he's being kind of vague, so. Yeah, so it's not really a psychic. All right, right? so... I mean, intuitive, whatever you want to call it. So, this is actually an article. Murray's family enlists help from Psychic Profiler. April 10th, 2004. So this is two months after she went missing. So, almost no info is known that we know now. Okay. Maura Murray's family has enlisted the help of a nationally known Psychic Profiler to help them find her. Murray, a 21-year-old University of Massachusetts at Amherst nursing student from Hanson, Massachusetts, has not been seen since she was involved in a one-car accident in Haverhill, February 9th. Carla Barron, have you guys heard of her? She's kind of famous. 
Carla Barron of Los Angeles, California, has come up with a theory about what happened to Murray the night her car failed to negotiate a sharp left-hand curve after driving by the weathered barn. Another point, it seems likely from the accident scene that she did negotiate that turn perfectly fine, and whatever happened happened a couple hundred yards farther from it. Uh, Barron, along with Morris' father, Fred, want to reserve some of the information so New Hampshire State Police can have a chance to act on it. She believes Moore was picked up by someone passing through the area where the accident occurred. I believe she is no longer with us, Barron said. She has told Morris' father she believes Moore met with foul play. Barron, a psychic profiler who helped lead police to finding the body of a man who had committed suicide in a cornfield in the Midwest, has provided Fred Murray with a description of the person who picked her up as well as the type of vehicle. She has told him in what kind of an area Mora can be found. I have been in touch with Mora, Baron said. Mora met with foul play the same night as the accident, she said. Like, like Mora speaks to her from beyond the grave. <laughs> yes. What really concerns Murray is what else Baron has told her. She has told him there is another woman who can be found near Mora who has fallen victim to the same person. And Baron also told him there have been others. Murray does not want too many details released right away to the public until the state police have had time to analyze the information and search possible locations. Barron has been able to obtain somewhat of a description about the man as well as where she can be possibly found by talking twice with Mora's father via the telephone for a total of two and a half hours. It's called remote viewing, she said, referring to how she obtained the information about what happened to Mora by talking to her father. Murray has said he spoke with Lieutenant John Skurinza and others from New Hampshire State Police Troop F Friday. I gave them my theory that someone picked her up, he said. He asked them again to bring in the FBI and they could direct appeal to the public for any information they may have in helping finding his daughter. I asked him if he would accept help from a nationally known psychic, Murray said. He said Skarinza mentioned they have been contacted by other psychics. They said they would accept help from a psychic, he said. Murray's hoping state police and Baron talk soon. So we don't really know uh, what the details are because they didn't release them. So we don't know what she said, but there's a description of a guy. It'd be very interesting if you described Cecil, though, without knowing him. So the remote viewing you're talking about is uh, basically talking to the dead. No, remote viewing is basically... So the universe, everything that happens, it's kind of like having a permanent satellite or video every, in every place on Earth at every time. And so a remote viewer can kind of tap into a location and see the events that unfolded. Sounds like the NSA. Yes. Except it's like it could be done backwards throughout time forever and possibly forwards too <laughs> so what do we think not enough information there but nothing there was nothing really, like not too much came of that afterwards so i just i thought it was interesting there was the detail that the killer had killed someone else who's also buried in the area I just wonder if they do this once and then they're done, or do they constantly try? I think. Well, not, I think it's just a couple. I think it's a couple times. They just do it a couple times. So one, two, five to ten times. Like I don't think they do it every day. Like Lori Bruno, I think she did a couple sessions. But the the Brian Ladd guy, I think's done the most. Like a bunch of dreams on it. So because he's making bank. <laughs> Maybe. So okay, there's one more, which is one more. We have one more psychic. Who, a blogger who does tarot and psychic readings, and the name of the blogger is Empathy. Please note missing persons tarot. No fees are ever requested for writing initial tarot via a parental inquiry. Members of public may be requested to make a donation for a new case or updates. Just a disclaimer. So this is on Mora. 
please note that the tarot will pick up trends and vibrations of past, present, and future. It will pick up anything that is out there, true news or false news. Either way, it can throw light on what is in the air. Please bear this in mind when you are reading the insights. It is very important that readers of the tarot understand this. Therefore, one has to be very discerning when reading. Media news can put out stories that are not factual or are pre-mediated, but tarot can pick that up. It does not mean that the tarot is wrong. It shows that the tarot can see what might be suggested. However, when writing the tarot, it may be taken as fact. Tarot cannot be considered as 100% accurate. I have, so this is November 28, 2011. Again, before the oxygen special, before all this new information that came out. I've had a request on here on the blogger to look at tarot for more Murray. There seems to be a lot of information out there, and I have left a Wikipedia link to outline circumstances. Tarot will look at past, present, and future, and is likely to give a glimpse of that, and is possible some events will be seen that have already occurred. Tarot is not 100% accurate, and it is advisable to always seek factual sources for information. The first card I seem to have for Mora is the Ten of Wands. I take the information as it is given to me, and this card, it seems to me that she has been trapped traveling southeast in the eight, and then it seems that she either felt headachy or she had some kind of trauma or knock to the head. This really just could stress strain and worry and feeling defensive about matters, as in the 10, we do see someone who is overburdened and totally stressed out. At that point, it looks as though they are moving towards a town, but seem to be on the edge of it. This is a difficult card for me to say that she definitely had an injury, as anxieties and concerns that are worrying somebody can have equal effect in this card and appear worse than they are. But we do have to look at this both ways. It seems to me that there is some kind of a trip with someone who is fairly sporty and young here, nothing untoward about this person on the surface of the matter. They could be up to the age of 30 or just over, nice, friendly, lots of fun, and likely in a vehicle. The idea, I feel, is fun adventure, and this person might have had a car, and from then on we see that it is a disappearance ending up at the king, the trap coach. So I might be wrong here, but it seems to me that they went off with somebody and the person I see is not negative from the upright card. They seem more friendly at first glance and they do have a vehicle. This vehicle in the card seems to face west, though most Wands cards are actually south, so perhaps southwest, or he was coming from the southwest as this girl was pointing southeast. I read something about a one-vehicle crash, which I have not printed the wiki information as I am writing this, but it is on my task board to do that and read that line. I'm not sure if this incident has anything to do with more or not, or whether the tarot is mentioning that, but normally a car crash would be a reverse element, and I don't seem to have that. It seems to me that she went in a car with someone on a trip, an adventure of some kind, although Page of Wands can sometimes, not always, mean messages, sex, and weapons. Tarot is past, present, and future, but it still seems to me that the car is ahead of the trip, and that the car takes her, and this young man who could be red-haired or fair-haired might be the person connected to the vehicle. Kings generally leave debris in their wake, a kind of what happened, huh, as they disappear out of sight. So I would have thought the connection is a young man in the car. Could be wrong, but that's what I have. The overall feeling of the Ten of Wands is genuine stress, worry, and anxiety, and this stands out the most. I see there is a motel further back in the cards, but I seem to see that after that there is still some kind of a car trip. The general feeling I have is oppression, or was there an attack, or was there just a lot of worries for this girl? I seem to see her fenced in. 
This card does show delegating work issues because things become too much, but there are some health issues here with body aches and pains, which is another way of describing what I felt I saw with the anxiety and stress issues. Perhaps someone was hell-bent on a career for Mora, but not Mora herself. Either way, things get too much in this Ten of Wands, and it looks like someone just wants out for a bit. Work issues are fairly strong here. It might confirm some things already thought of and known. The Four of Pentacles is not my favorite card for location. Tarot can tell us location details, but not names through, through descriptions. But the map is wide and big, and it is a difficult task. What I can see from this card is a north direction, but it is reversed, and sometimes when cards are turned on their head, they can mean the opposite direction, but we have to be careful. So north or south. <laughs> that might indicate she is on a line of north and south. Pentacles are generally thought of as health cards, and reversed would not seem to suggest that Mora was at her best of health, but that could link in the previous card and situations on that and how she felt more than anything. However, it is a work card, too. This card seems to suggest rur rurality district, I guess rural district, but I'm not sure that she's actually rural out in the wilds. I'm wondering if it is too close to the outside of town for that. I would place her just outside of town if I was going to make a decision on this or just inside it. I feel as though she is near buildings. It might be empty buildings or a building that is closed for some reason or others. I guess that could point to the A-frame house where they actually got a blood sample that may or may not be hers. There may be a water name coming up here, possibly something also about bikes, which sounds a bit odd, I know, but I feel as though her balance is gone. Maybe this is the balance of life. Just not being able to balance anything at all makes her feel so unconfident in life. She might actually have had some really deep-seated depression issues. I'm still getting from her the feeling of not being able to cope while I am trying to look at the location the first card is trailing in here in a different way, but still insisting on not doing well with things, feeling disappointed, just not feeling anything is right with the world. Arches or gates and buildings seem to be here with some rurality and some water that might be in a name. North-South were all connections to her workplace checked. I seem to think that she is roughly a distance of 10 away from her family home or where she lived or parents lived. I don't think she has been spotted for some reason. There are possible colleges, school, and work elements here. I feel as though there are items of hers that have been lost and that could be found if people were looking correctly. I might have it wrong, but that's what I seem to feel as I am reading this card and sensing it. I feel as though she might have been evicted from a building or car. I am sensing a work person in her cards. I'm still not sure that she has gone extreme distances because of the family home reversed and the 10 marker. She could have just decided to go somewhere else, literally, and I do think she was also considering a job in a less snowy area, whatever that means. But notice that the four on the pentacle card and the girl disappeared in 2004, so were these her plans before she disappeared? Well, that's a turn up for the books to get this card again. This card tells us that more is likely to be found the wands are weeks, and I would be ultra-shocked if more was found in ten weeks after I wrote the tarot for her. This is not something I can be sure of at all. So I want to look at this card from the point of view that she can be found south, and also that she is near buildings at the edge of a town. We seem to have come full circle here. This might indicate Tarot telling us that past, present, and future, including all her thoughts and desires, wishes and considerations, but still takes us in that south direction, as you can see to those buildings. Wherever the hotel is or was, I need to read that wiki link. She must have gone southeast from there, as that is the way the cards are moving. I have some kind of sporty element here, both in the 
the Five of Wands and the Knight of Wands. And this indicates sports field, football, or footballer, or anyone or anything around her that might have that kind of sports element at some point, but I am back there on the fine card. Maybe she's talking about a girl if it was her Kate, who's her friend. She was also on the track team, but I don't know. There are hot fire elements on the wands card, but I'm not sure how they apply at the moment. The 10 for fine might be figurative for 10 years in terms of time, but I have not associated wands with years before. Generally, it's pentacles, so I would just give her a 10 marker. Other indications on the 10 of wands journey are southeast from town over landscape and small river house on a hill in the background, defending oneself or feeling defensive or concerned on a hill, seven of wands possibly losing a shoe or one shoe is different from the other no idea what this means unless one is standing on a borderline and seeing fences and or a wall at the building at the edge of town just had a saying in my head the boot is on the other foot as there is a 10 marker on the final card was anything found in 2010 if so might be significant if not we are still looking at a 10 here there is a possibility she was given a lift at some point by the knight of wands or some connection with a vehicle here and this person who is not more herself the knight of wands is kind and friendly on the surface but when reversed can hide a very angry aggressive personality this card did not come out in the reversed pos position so one must bear that in mind. Clearly, that must be a clue as to where, who, are places, persons connected. I have given just a brief outline for more, but I will go and read details to see where I can place this information or find a connection to it. Okay, tarot is not 100% accurate, and I do not expect all the details to be that I have seen, but I am hoping somehow it might help. So, what do you guys think? Tarot. Legit? What do you think? That's a lot of info. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes, no shoes. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Border again. I mean, there were some clothes found here by the accident site, but they were they weren't hers. Plan for change. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Someone else did a reading, and they got uh, they did Lenormand cards. They asked the cards what happened, what were the circumstances, this was just a commentator on Empathy's blog, what were the circumstances, what info, I drew the ship, the child, the mice, and the moon. The ship symbolizes any sort of trip, and she was on a trip when our car broke down. She was technically an adult, but in this case I would consider her as fitting the child description. The mice is usually a negative omen signifying destruction and loss. She was also walking through a frigid blizzard when her car broke down which she wasn't, there was no blizzard, and the mice can sometimes signify fatigue, confusion, and loss of memory. I'm trying to suggest that this old time the girl got lost, found herself somewhere in town, but you forgot her whole identity from living life with somebody else. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? That's happened before. Yes. Because of the accident, it's popped her brain in the hole. Also, another commenter suggested, what if uh, being fenced in was uh, being in the back of a police car if she was picked up by an officer. Maxwell, thoughts? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how tarot works. I know they you know, do the cards from that. Yeah, they just draw cards that, uh, the cards all have meaning, so we didn't really go over to ask certain questions. I guess it's like tarot, like, I guess it's like an Ouija board, except you draw the cards. Was there someone in front of this channel here? This is on a blog, I don't know. Oh, just Somebody just requested that the tarot reading be done, so they put out their vibes into the universe, and they drew the cards. I want freaking, uh, geolocation from these psychics. Oh, Brian, Brian Led. Brian Led. Yeah. 
Brian Ladgate Corners. I think that place was searched because it's pretty close. They searched a couple miles, so. I was like, house in the middle of the driveway? I'm getting, I'm getting like hardcore uh, Laura Murray. They just did a, they just did, ra- they just did a fundraiser for ground penetrating radar to, for the whole area. So, for more is actually the A-frame house, the concrete slab. There's a concrete slab in the A-frame. One more thing, some people suggested that uh, Maura might have been pregnant, and someone asked Empathy about that. Empathy responded, hello, and thank you for your comment. I can honestly say that when I wrote the tarot, I didn't get pregnancy strongly in my What Happened card. Whether Maura was pregnant or not, it has not stood out as a significant factor for her disappearance, which is the first question I ask. I always write the result of the underlying reasons, test challenges, and burdens come up in the first card, which would be the main factors of disappearance. And true to say, if it was a challenge or presented itself like that, it could be considered under that emotion. But I did not see pregnancy standing out. So that's uh, so we just did a rundown. A couple other psychics have you know put in their two cents, but it seems like law enforcement came out a couple times. Ben came out, although if it's just referring to the town of Benton, I don't know. That's close by. So that's that's what we have, and we've had these highly qualified individuals on the podcast today. So final thoughts. Person for me. Uh... Thinking uh, these psychics, too uh, little information to either confirm more than I, whether or not they might be possibly right or have any real um, actual influential information. But still, I mean, with their investigate, that's something that should be done, I think, just to figure out. I mean, especially after all this time, you know, it's best to take whatever leads that you possibly can get. You know, so there you have it. A Mensa member saying it is not a waste of time to consider psychic information. Johnny, what do you think? I think we need to see uh, what their track record is. Well, you got Brian Led. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, just actually, are the police actually going through and figuring out all this stuff? Searching these Which police? Because the Haverhill police aren't doing anything. <laughs> And the state police don't do much either. So where's the case now? Where's it? Is it dead? Is it or they I suppose it's supposedly they're still working on it, but that town? Yeah, no, they, yeah, they're supposed. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it, Morris' case is actually the biggest case in New Hampshire state police history. Like her file is the biggest one. So is it federal involvement? No, they don't want to bring in the FBI for some reason. But can't they just take over if they want to? Problems. It's, it's shady. There, it's, technically, it's not the jurisdiction. If you can prove that a crime was committed, then yes, because she's from Massachusetts. And this is New Hampshire, and if, if it could be, they went into Vermont. Like, the whole thing is shady. But the, the local police, for some reason, want to treat it as a disappearance and not a criminal act. Now, is it on purpose that they want that? Because they don't want the FBI to come in and see what they did? We don't know. It's all shady, like the whole case. But hopefully you guys will be joining us again for future podcasts. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can donate on our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. So this is Bruce McGuire signing off. That's what powers you. Sid Irwin, thank you again for having me today. Thanks for having me on. This is Johnny Mills. We'll see you again next time. Have a good night.